0: Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hello, I'm your host Sam East, and welcome to Diverse, a sweet podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at s w e diverse podcast. I'm joined today by Swapna Tom, the distinguished technologist for the enterprise data and analytics team at HP Inc. She works for various portfolios, including customer service, sales, finance, supply chain, product quality, cybersecurity and global ERP. Swapna has over 20 years of industry experience and has led large transformations for CRM, ERP, content management, and cybersecurity. Outside of her role at HP, Swapna is part of the HP SWE leadership team, America's ambassador for technical solutions for women, and the data science affinity group leadership team. Swapna, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Sam, for the warm welcome here, and thanks for the opportunity to represent HP in the Sweet podcast. And greetings, everyone, to those who are listening to us.
0: Well, Swapna, you have quite the interesting history here in your career, but as always, we like to go back to the beginning. So tell us how you first got even interested in engineering and STEM.
1: Okay. So as a child, I grew up in India and my mom was a math and physics teacher and my dad was a language teacher and he's into leadership development. He has published 40 books. So I was inspired by my mom and dad. One is on the leadership styles and the other one on the math and science. So you can see that the affinity came in towards math and science. Early stages of life where you are so savvy about math. And I did my schooling in the 12th grade. And then there is a decision point where you, for instance, it's almost like the SAT scores that we do here. And the choice point was, okay, you go for medicine or engineering or any other career path that you want. I chose engineering at that point because my affinity towards the STEM part and especially the math.
0: Were there any roadblocks in those early years or It sounds like almost you were very much encouraged to go down this path from an early age.
1: Right. So those days, you know, because my both my parents were into the professional life, there was no inhibition about women going to the college or anything. So I was set for it to say that, yes, you will be progressing. And there was not even a question about whether you want to take up a job or not. I was determined that I will be working, whether you get married or not. You know, in traditional India, there is a feel that you shouldn't get you know, get into the job after marriage and all that. But for us, you know, at least with our family history, especially with the mom working already, it was set as an example. So I pretty much followed her route. Oh, I love that. You had a strong role model. Yep.
0: So before you became a distinguished technologist at HP, what other positions did you have leading up to that?
1: So right after my college, I joined a startup. It was a food manufacturing company. And you might wonder, what does it have to do with the electrical and electronics that you took? Because it was a PLC controlled process automation. I was one of the, maybe the only engineer, women engineer in that group, mostly surrounded by the guys out there. And there was like the quality and then the finance, which were women but it was a very warm welcoming environment because it was driven by a us based company back in india itself that was my first exposure into the industry and after a while i got married and then my husband inspired me saying that you should learn java and get into the software world of it it was during the dot com boom days and i got into that i loved it and i got into ibm doing e portal and e commerce so after that again an opportunity came in to learn SAP as a technology back in IBM and that helped me you know I worked on SAP I loved it and then later on I joined Digital which was acquired by Compaq and Compaq merged with that was my entry into my HP family where I'm staying for last 19 years so wow. I love that HP family culture it is perfect for a woman who is working and I grew up pretty much in HP, like a senior developer, a technical lead, solution architect, lead architect, and now a distinguished technologist. So it's over a period of 19 years, but every step of it, you had people around you, mentors around you, you accomplished, they recognize you, and you you build your reputation on your way. And that helped me to grow in HP.
0: Wow. That really speaks to the culture at HP that After 19 years, you still speak about your experience working there with so much enthusiasm.
1: (laughs) Trust me, that's our HPB.
0: (laughs) I love that. What can you speak to in terms of the lessons that you learned early on in your career? Because, you know, there are a lot of young women in engineering and STEM that are listening to this and trying to forge their path. So what are some of those early lessons that you picked up?
1: So... For women, you know, we are doing multiple roles at the same time. For me also, when I shifted from India, there was a big cultural shift. And back in my hometown, I had my mom and then, you know, there are helping hands around you. And when I moved to U.S., the first thing is, hey, I didn't know driving, right? So I had to learn that by myself. And then think about I, when I came in, my daughter two and a half years old. Now, she was a premature baby, and then we took care of her so much until the second year where she reached the milestones. And now you're alone here with your husband and the kid and raising her up. At the same time, you have to build your career, right? So the first releases, I remember there was an upgrade which went for 48 hours throughout, you know, day and night. And your husband is there to support you, which is one thing, because you had to be there for each other. But it was a battle, right? It was about, you know, your career, your priorities, your personal life, and definitely, you know, the cooking and caring for the kids, dropping them. And that's the time when the kids get sick often, right? When you put them into the Montessori. But uh, it will all go by, okay? And as someone else said, right, you don't give up at that point in time. You just keep going because you know after 10 years, this will all settle down. Because the kids, like my son used to get sick for the first nine months once you put it into the initial Montessori and every other month it's about antibiotics and they're going to the hospital. But I can tell you time will fly and eventually you will get there. But if I had given up at that time, coming back is a struggle. But if you ever give up, I would suggest you come back, right? You should be in the industry just to fulfill your dreams, right? It is all driven by what you want to do
0: hmm. Was there a mentor that helped you along the way? Because you mentioned, you know, early on your mom, your husband, they really encouraged you, but you were still one of the few women working in your field. So was there someone who was really in your corner championing you in those early years, especially?
1: I was lucky with uh, my managers. You know, my first manager in HP was a woman and she understood. And she is the one who encouraged me saying, okay, you can work from home. You have to think about your work life. Kids were small. And for the first year when my second one was born, she gave me all that opportunity. And she was, I worked for her for five years. So my first promotion actually came from that manager and my second promotion came along with my second manager who was there for 7 years that we built that relationship so both of them were my mentors and sponsors so we have to distinguish between your mentorship and sponsorship but outside of that i do have external mentors whom i look forward for technical advices i reach out to our leadership you know there are certain l2 people the level 2 people whom i have reached out for mentorship also So there are mentors out there all throughout your career because each of them helps to get the visibility, get the opportunities out there. And some of them, it's about getting out of your comfort zone. I used to be all throughout daily getting into the meetings. And in Houston, which is where I'm based out of, we had speed mentoring. And I said, okay, let me get into this call, do some networking, went in there. I figured out there was a director who said she got certified in from Stanford. And I said, how did you find the time and how did you make it happen? And she said, go get research on it and you get into the program which you want to. And I signed up for UC Berkeley, one of the leadership programs based on that comment. Right. So you get inspired when you talk to others. And she said, "Okay, if you need the funding for it, you ask your manager and maximum is you get a no you know, otherwise you get an S. So I paid for it, but then I went and asked my manager and he said, of course, you know, there is some training budget there. Why not? HP will sponsor it. And that's how you move on. But the inspiration came from that one speed mentoring where she talked to us for 20 minutes and then you reached out to her saying, hey, how did you make it happen? And then you kind of followed through. And we also had reverse mentoring. So basically the idea is, you know, Mentors are not coming to you, but you have to reach out to the people whom you look upon Mm -hmm. and ask the time and they will definitely find out time for you or they will find out another person to help you out.
0: That's such a good point because I think, you know, as people are trying to navigate their career path, they often want to find that mentor, that person in their corner who can help guide them, but they don't know where to start. And the, the surprising thing, and I find this in many different industries, is you'd be surprised to find out how many people are willing to give that guidance, are willing to take time out of their day to help guide a young person coming up in the industry.
1: Yep. And I can tell you an example. There was an intern from our company who reached out through LinkedIn to our senior fellow. And mm. then, you know, of course, he's busy. Then he reached out to a couple of us, said, hey, there is a request for mentoring. Can you help them? And ah. I said, okay, I'll volunteer. But I, was, I would use as an example, I said, he had the guts to go to the senior most fellow of the company ah. through LinkedIn, asking for help. He didn't shy away. Wow. But the question is, why are you shying away if you are already part of HP or your, your company, right? right? And the maximum is they will say no. Or as I said, they will find someone else to help mm. you out. That reminds me of that
0: quote. I'm paraphrasing it. it reach for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll still land among the stars. So maybe you won't get the senior (laughs) fellow, but you'll get someone amazing like Swapna. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Along the way, what do you think your greatest assets have been that have contributed to your, your career path?
1: I would say, you know, a couple of them are technical skills, some of them are personal traits that you build up. I would start with connecting the dots, right? I was just telling my daughter, she's uh, second year in computer science on, in UT Austin. And we were walking the other day and we were talking about experience. And I said, connecting the dots, you know, people often think in silos. And I said, okay, you have to have a bigger picture. You should not just zoom in and zoom out and to say, okay, this is happening here. This is happening here. And then how do you connect the two and then get some insights out of it? So my Mm -hmm. biggest skill, what I have seen is to get that bigger picture and connecting them to figure out what that whole ecosystem looks like. Because we talk about artificial intelligence, but our brain is the most intelligent part that we can utilize. But it's about that logical thinking, right? And then Mm -hmm. connecting the dots. So that's one thing, you know, people appreciate about. And that I think is one of my greatest assets overall which helps you to make a decision. You know the pros and cons about it because you have heard multiple from the multiple different angles on it. Mm-hmm. The second one I would say is curiosity. I was a lifelong learner. So in HP, we have two paths. There is a technical career path and a project management path. And I chose to be technical knowing that I have to learn lifelong. So wow. When I was having my first kid, as I said, she was premature. And then when I had an extended maternity leave, and when I started doing certifications, so I took a couple of certifications on SAP. And recently, also, you know, way back after a few years, I'm still doing it like Microsoft AI and data engineer and data science certification. It's for two purposes, right? One is to keep up with the industry knowledge. The second one is when you do a certification, you touch upon every section of that subject area. And that's how you get your, you know, acumen increased. Now that's one thing, you know, how do you find time is what most of the people were asking. And I said, when I'm determined to say that, okay, I have to do it in a month, I set aside the time and then probably Saturday, Sunday, instead of sleeping in, I get up early, maybe study like two hours. And you find that time because there you have a motivation because you cannot fail a test, at least for me, you know, it's like, okay, I have to pass this test. So you go through it. And that was the, that leads to a lot of curiosity because you are learning a new technology or a new tech stack. But with that, your knowledge is increasing too, right? Mm -hmm. Another one to think about because it's all comes from your passion. Nobody is forcing you to do this. It's my passion for technology and my passion for that job. That leads you to learn, right? Mm -hmm. And that's one more thing to look at. And finally, I would say the biggest asset is the people around you. You know, you are not alone in this game plan and you cannot win by yourself. It's your parents, your friends, your family, especially your colleagues. Like I used to say, you know, you're talking to your colleagues eight hours a day or more, You know more than your parents and your family, right? Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a human being sitting on the other side of the Zoom call. They are not robots. You're talking to real humans out there, and they have emotion. You build that friendship with them eventually, Mm
0: -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they
1: become your extended family over a period of time.
0: Mm -hmm. It really takes a village. Yep. So, speaking of that you have a lot of passion that you spoke about there which has led you through this 19 year career at HP but you've also held a few volunteer positions as well what are some ways that being a part of these organizations have impacted you both professionally and personally
1: okay so volunteering that came back from HP's HP way we have a concept of giving back to the community right Mm -hmm. So as I grew up, I also understood, okay, once I reached the DT level, it was much more eye-opener on the vast majority of activities that's going on in HP. And we have the AGVC, which is affinity groups and virtual communities. We have about 35 plus of them. So birds of the same feather gets together. We share the knowledge in a way. And it all happens. So when this was even years before HP used to do Robotics Day. So all these elementary kids, you know, they come on a Saturday and they are so passionate about their EcoBot club. And then mm-hmm. they come for a competition, mm-hmm. HP sponsors, and they have all these lines drawn and the robots going in and some of them flip, some of them doesn't reach their destination. But it's so Glad and satisfying to look at those kids, and then we are only volunteering, so we are we are kind of coordinating the kids out there with their competition. And we used to do the engineering week, the Code.org, right? So getting kids the awareness about STEM is what HP does. So we go to the elementary schools, we spend an hour or two on the coding fundamentals. So we use a Code.org as an example. The elementary kids then ask questions. What's the difference between an engineer and a scientist, right? You know, should I become an engineer? What does HP do? You know, what do you do in the laptop? What is inside the laptop? So you can see that curiosity and we do take that opportunity to instill the importance of STEM within those kids when they're young, right? This is like the second graders and the third graders. So then again, I took that opportunity talking about women so there are three different women based organizations I'm part of one is swe of course so back in my career days 2019 I did a, I was a speaker at swe and that was actually a breakthrough for me too because I met a lot of hp women you know passionate about technology and passionate about leadership out there and some of the avenues was opened up during that face-to-face where we all met together in SWE in California. Mm. And that's how we made the SWE chapter stronger in HP. So we formed the little council there. The leadership came into picture. And I stood as an intermediary between TSFW, which was technology solutions for women. We'll talk about it. But because both were women organizations, we said, okay, let me play the role as an intermediary. And then also I participated as an, in the awards committee and I nominated Shane for the global award. And she was the winner for that year. And you see mm-hmm. that satisfaction that comes in. It's the most prestigious award of SWE, HP's uh, fellow. She got it. And then you are part of that process because I nominated her and went through the process. It's not that you are winning that, but you cheer up. Then the other person wins, right? There is that joy of, you know, sharing and caring that comes in. And then I took over the SV professional development, So there's a co-lead and we run the, every quarter we do, do an activity. Now, this is all to help others because there are volunteering hours that we are putting in to schedule it, you know, plan it and execute it and then we invite all of them to the zoom call and then we share that knowledge out there now tsfw came in from the long term planning like the mega trends that's happening and hp wanted the women b- brain power to be tapped in often we say the minority doesn't get considered and in this case we explicitly made it clear that we want this women's logical thinking right so we mm-hmm. tell them just come in we run design work, thinking workshops it's like on virtual reality metaverse sustainability so we take a topic bring in an, and there is a three-hour design thinking workshop where we say women men are welcome too but women come in we just brainstorm right we give a problem statement and say come up with solutions and this are not for today's technology stack we are talking about you know five years ten years from now and that ended up in few of the IPs or disclosures where a couple of women got into it, right? Because they were part of that process. So those are all, you'll hear me talk about the satisfaction, but that's what you get when you do this type of volunteering work. Of course, it's above and beyond your work, but when you do that uh, volunteering, it helps. And the third one was uh, like the fourth one probably was the spark with, you know, we did a for the master women who is aspiring to be DTs, we have an organization, I'm sitting in that leadership, and data science community. I was nominated by our senior fellow, Chandra Gant, to be part of that leadership because we run a data science summit every year. Now, that's what the question is, when you do all this volunteering, what is in for me? It's the satisfaction, right? You mm-hmm. know, the joy that you get when something is accomplished and it's always about uh, juggling your uh, work and then finding a slot to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But once it is hap- when it has completed, you get that satisfaction. The second thing is the visibility. You know, until you're at a point, your manager or your sponsor has to guide you to get the visibility but volunteering is a place where the visibility comes by default because you're talking, you know, coordinating something, but there are a hundred people listening to you. They get to know you. and you wouldn't know whether it's a senior manager or a director sitting there, but they get to know you. Mm-hmm. And that's the visibility or the line of sight you get. It's not that you're asking for it. Your passion is about getting that volunteering done, but indirectly the visibility comes in. And they are thankful for that.
0: Yeah, you never know who you're impacting even when you're, you're volunteering and that might not even be your intention, right?
1: Right. That's why the say, the volunteering, it's about sharing is caring. That's one mantra we always talk about. And my point was, you share your knowledge and it'll double. Mm. Because you'll be curious and somebody else is going to ask questions. So you're going to Google up and figure out what that means. Yeah. And it's always about, you know, you will benefit out of it, even though it's volunteering.
0: Yeah, it's a ripple effect. Yep. In all of these years that you have been working in engineering and STEM and at HP and your volunteer work, what would you say, if you had to narrow it down, has been your proudest accomplishment so far?
1: So it, well, the proudest achievement was becoming a DT, right? So HP mm. has a very tedious process to get there. You have to be distinguished within your team, within HP, and within the industry. And I can tell you there's currently only 13 women DTs we have and uh, 110 DTs overall in HP out of our 50,000 employees. So you can see that you're already on the top of the pyramid and you had to work through it to get there. You know, it didn't come overnight. It was not just you were called in for it, but you had to work and it's the constant output that you have given and the visibility that has come in because you have influenced HP overall in certain decision-making and you have broadened the benefit for HP, right? That's how you're getting recognized. So that was one of the proudest moments. And as I mentioned, SWE had a role to play because I was doing the conference there. And that also opened up the doors to say that you are an industry leader because you're talking in a conference like SWE. And I was called in for interviews with Research Institute saying you're a data master now. So you can see that the avenues open up. Swapna, before we
0: let you go, what's that last thing that you want to leave with our listeners today?
1: So I would uh, talk about three things on the, you know, if I have to talk about generally, it's about pick up your priorities and balance it out, right? We are playing multiple roles as a daughter, you know, professional spouse, you know, parents that need you and everybody. Now in this whole life cycle that you're playing, you know, every day is a decision making. You have your long-term, mid-term, short-term plans, but I can just share the story. (laughs) Yesterday, it was September the 15th, 2022. I was in the office, I was there till 6 p.m. And HP is running a board for the historically black universities and colleges. And I was the mentor for two teams for the Bordathon. And the kid called up at 4.30 and said, hey, I've got this going, I need help from you. But my colleague is still doing the college classes and she'll be out only by 8 p.m. of Chicago time. And I said, okay, that's my 7 p.m. So let's get back at seven. So now I'm starting at six from the office. I have 45 minutes commute. I have to reach by seven. And then I remembered morning, my son had told, Hey, mom, I have got a dental surgery on Wednesday, and you need to buy me soft food, which is jello. Okay, that's his favorite. <laughs> He's a seventh grader. And now you're in the car and when the signal comes in, it's about, okay, should I turn left to go pick up the food or should I go straight and hit your house to take the seven o'clock meeting, right? And I said, okay, the college kid is waiting there for your help and the food can wait because you have enough, maybe, you know, pick it up tomorrow. And you walk into the house and the first thing he is like, mom, did you buy everything for me? And I'm like, (laughs) no, my apologies. I was in office till six and then you have the seven o'clock meeting and he said never mind okay do it tomorrow and I said okay that's a compromise we'll do it tomorrow right so it's like a constant you know priority settings and what you will see is like my husband also you know when you drop something he's there to pick it up and sometimes Mm -hmm. when I travel he's taking care of the kids but there has to be an understanding between the two. It might not be an explicit written down, you shall do this on this day, but at least implicitly to say that, okay, when you're going for something professional like this, yes, I'm here to help you out, right? So that's about the priorities that we have to pick and choose and decision makings that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would also say, be curious and steer your career ship, right? You have to dream and you have to find out what you need to be and you have to work towards it. Nobody's going to come and say, hey, Sapna, you should be something for in five years like this. But it's mm-hmm. my dream that I have to set goals on and your managers and who needs to be around you will help you to get achieve that. And finally, I would say, keep smiling. You know, somebody asked to give us an adjective for all our names, and I said, smiley Swapna. Thank you. Can (laughs) anybody? (laughs) Why not? You know, give a smile and say hello to someone, make their day, and then keep smiling. Because end of the day, it's your life; it's in your hands. Enjoy your moment.
0: Oh, I love that smiling Swapna. Even though we're doing this over Zoom right now. I can feel the smile just emanating, emanating from you.
1: (laughs) And I can see that reciprocated from you too. You are (laughs) smiling too. (laughs) Oh, it
0: definitely is. My cheeks hurt from smiling at all of the wonderful insights that you shared with us today, especially operating from a place of curiosity. I think that's going to really resonate with a lot of people. Swapna, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today.
1: All right. I just wanted to, you know, put a note and say thank you to my parents, my sister, my spouse, my kids, you know, and my friends, family and colleagues and managers. Right. All of them helped me out to be who um, I am right now. And definitely, you know, the Lord, the shepherd, (laughs) nothing shall I fear. So he's there for me, too. So thank you so much for this opportunity. And it's been a pleasure to be part of HP's family. We do have opportunities. We do look for internship and other acts. Rec- and for SWE also, we are uh, having our booth at the next SWE conference. Uh, it's based out of Houston. So you're welcome to join there and virtually too. But HP is a big partner with SWE and also we respect women. And we actually is not a goal of having 30% women in tech by 2030. So we are literally looking at growing women at HP.
0: And who knows, you could be working alongside Swapna at some point in the future. (laughs)
1: Sure, you're welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Swapna. I'm Sam East. For all of us at SWE, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, all together at all